Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing with True North Homeschool Academy, and I'm here once again joined by my husband, David Nearing, and we're going to talk about the meaning of Christmas. So, David, thank you so much for joining me once again. Thanks for having me again today. Yeah, we did a we just did a podcast a couple weeks ago on the origin history and meaning of Thanksgiving and got some great responses. So we thought we would jump into the meaning of Christmas. And um, I think people really enjoy and appreciate your perspective. Well, let's find out. You know, it's it's no harm trying, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So I think people, I think Christmas is kind of loaded. It's sort of kind of one of those Hallmark holidays and sort of kind of a church holiday. And depending on which church tradition you come from, it can have a lot of emotional meaning and um, just personal historical meaning. And yet it's also for many people a time of conflicted emotions and maybe even loss. So there's a lot here when we talk about celebrating Christmas. <laughs> for most of my career, it's, uh, I've usually spent this time talking with people about, you know, what's called the holiday blues, because uh, people often have feelings of, of sadness or discouragement or alienation or emptiness when they see all these things that the holiday is supposed to be. We, we bring these ideas of sentimentality or idealism, this magic that we're wanting, craving at this time of year. And then when we ourselves get into it, um, there's conflicts with people that we love. There's people not there that we want to be there. You know, there's there's memories or, or bad experiences from the past that keep cropping up and rearing their ugly head, you know, and, 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 and that sort of in, in our, within ourselves ruins it, as it were, or, or keeps us from entering into what the, the holiday uh, is supposed to be in our way of thinking. And so it's very common for people to have bouts of, of discouragement or depression or sadness or, or any negative feeling that uh, accompanies a holiday that's supposed to be so much better, so much so that some people just wish there wasn't the holiday at all because it just seems to be more, uh, far more painful than it's worth. So, I mean, that's something to really keep in mind as we talk about the meaning of Christmas. And what would you, what, how would you describe the meaning of Christmas? Well, I, I think that very experience actually is at the heart of what the Christmas actually means. I mean, let's take it, you know, on the on the most surface level, the meaning of Christmas that most people think is it's time to gather around with a family and and celebrate this 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 either spiritual or religious or or special festive time of year. And so we have all these these associations, which might turn out well for people. It might not, but you know the the holiday itself is is Christmas. That is, it's supposed to be the time when people celebrate the birth of Christ and, you know, the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, uh, you know, two millennia ago, and he comes in, he becomes incarnate to come live among us. So the, the name associated with Jesus is Emmanuel, that is God is with us. And so there's a lot of, a lot of understandings that can be 
brought out by understanding, you know, the passages in, in Isaiah and in Naphtali, uh, I'm sorry, in, in the other Malachi and other, other uh, prophets that talk about, you know, the, the people who live in darkness have seen a great light. And, and the, you know, these, um, the prophecy about a, a, a virgin shall conceive. And, and all of those really, if you boil those down and, and drill into them, the common denominator there is God is with us in the form of this child, this baby born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And so the focus that most people have is on the birth of Jesus. But that kind of can create a little bit of a, 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 an illusion because it ends up being like happy birthday to Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's, that's not what it is. I mean, if, if you want to do that, that's okay. It's not wrong. Okay. But it's not the center of things. I mean, the, the idea here is as soon as, you know, Jesus is born, as soon as you have a birth, what that means is you now have a death schedule. Mm. Okay. A human born means that you, that human is going to die. Tell okay? me what, what do you mean a death is scheduled? Um, do you know of any human beings that don't eventually die? Well, that's true. That's true. Not really okay. many now. Right, right, right. So, you know, a, so God being born means God is scheduled to die. Yeah. Okay. And that now that die is cast the moment you have this baby in, in, in a manger. Okay. That's, that is the, and so, and not only that, but you have the word that God, God's mind, intent, and in purpose, the logos of God that's talked about in John one, all that, that John one is, is there. That's a Christmas passage, John one. Okay. Uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, all that was created through him. Okay. And, and, you know, he was with God and he was God. Yeah. That's what's sitting in the man. That's what's lying in the manger there. Okay. So God is in, in many ways done some of his most profound work with himself just in, in, in lying there in swaddling clothes. Okay. God is with us. Emmanuel. That's, that's the power. Well, that, that passage in John is, is again, it's, it's what's called a midrash or a, 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 um, an expansion, if you will, on Genesis one and two. Okay. So in, and so <clears throat> in the beginning, God created, uh, the heavens and the earth, et cetera. And, and according to some commentators, when you break that Hebrew down, in the beginning created God, the heavens and the earth. And then they'll bring that down and actually talk about how God is doing something there, okay, with himself. And John 1 is really unpacking that. He's saying, you know, in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? That, that's the essential aspect of God, Logos, the Word, that's in the, in, in the beginning of, of Genesis, that's in John 1, that's God, and, and, and in that first John, he talks about the light. God is the light, okay? And so what did we see in, first Genesis, in, in uh, Genesis 1? What's thing, the first thing that God creates? Light, right. Exactly, okay? Well, <laughs> if, 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 if there's not light there, what must there have been before that? Dark. Darkness. Okay, right. Not light. That's darkness. So you have the light coming into the darkness there, 
And, and so first John talks about the light has come into the darkness and the, the darkness just, it says the, the Greek says can't get its arm around it. It can't, can't grab it. You know, I like to say, you know, the darkness just doesn't get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get the light. Okay. Light gets the dark really well, but the light, the darkness does not get the light. So the light comes into the darkness and that's done in, in the, in the, the, the begottenness of the word. It comes in the idea of light coming into the universe at all. Okay. And it also is, is the word coming as a human being to walk and talk and chew gum with us. Okay. Mm-hmm. To sit down and have a cup of coffee with us, to be with us. Well, all right. <clears throat> That's the, the prophecies relate to God is with you. Well, the first prophecy is back in, in Isaiah and what's going on. Okay. What's going on is you have Israel and Syria picking on Judah. It's the time of the divided kingdom. Israel and Judah are now two different kingdoms. They're not playing well with one another. And, and so you basically have little Judah being picked on by Israel and Syria. It's kind of like you have these bullying kicking the sand in the face of the guy on the beach taking his girlfriend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have Judah being bullied by these, uh, these local, you know, bullies. And God's saying in Isaiah, hey, Isaiah, you don't even worry about that. Before this child is old enough to be weaned, these, these kings are going to be gone. Why? Because Assyria is going to come in and lay everybody waste. And so the crypts and the bloods are going to come into town on their motorcycles, and they're going to beat up all the bullies. Mm-hmm. And, and what does, and, and, oh, and so why is that comforting? Because God says, hey, I told you this is going to happen. I, this is not a surprise. This isn't, you know, when you have really bad things happen, then you have far worse things happen. What happens to your morale? Okay. Morale goes right into the tank. And God is saying in Isaiah, hey, don't worry about it. It's fine. I got it. I got it. I'm going to give you this sign born of a virgin that is, that is a sign unto you. And there's a double entendre there. Okay. That's the idea of there's a sign in that time. Okay. Where a child is functioning as a sign and a sign in the new time. wherein who are the Assyrians at the time of Joseph and Mary? The Romans. The Romans. Yeah. Right. Okay. The Romans along with Herod and, and the rest of the mafia running and running the government at the time. And, and so you have this deep darkness and, and you've had corruption in the priesthood and you have had corruption in the government and, and, and you have, it's like there doesn't seem to be any good guys around. And in the midst of this darkness, God is sending a child into the darkness. Okay. And this darkness, I'm sorry, this, this child born in the darkness, born of a virgin, okay, is God is with you, Emmanuel. If God sends a child into the darkness. I mean, it's so counterintuitive, even that simple thing right there who sends a kid into the darkness yeah absolutely yeah yeah, it's just another it's just part of the great inversion of the of the gospel is that the things that seem so obvious or not obvious to us or are what we need to really be looking for is god sending his son as sacrifice yeah the lamb that is to be slaved right there just in the act of the birth Mm -hmm. okay you know, he's the, the, that child is being born in a town 
where according to some you know rabbinic sources, just right in the fields outside of Bethlehem, those 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 shepherds are Levitical shepherds or Levitical servants. They work for the temple. Okay. So while you have these shepherds diligently watching the flocks by night, their bosses back in the temple are essentially corrupt. The families had basically, the high priest had purchased their, their priesthood at that time. That was illegal. Okay. And so those guys were not being faithful. The ones who are out there in the dark, in the cold, by themselves, shuddering, being faithful, that's those shepherds. Mm. And into that darkness, that child is born. And the glory of the Lord, which should have been in the temple, that's where the the glory should have been, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Where where does the glory show? Out with the shepherds. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's who God says, yeah. You guys done right. You got you guys do good. That's great. Okay. And into that a child is born. They're the ones who get to see the Messiah. They're the ones who get first dibs. And I think that's really important to think about right now. It's been a couple of years of just feeling like we're in this big slugfest where things feel really unfair and scary. And there's so many reasons, pandemics and politics and all the things. And I I think the gospel came into that kind of world um, where it just felt like a slugfest of sorts. And it's no well, surprise to God. <laughs> yeah. For those who are part of this deal about signing up to be part of bringing about the kingdom of God on planet Earth. It is a slugfest. I mean, it's an invasion of the king who has claimed to this planet into hostile occupied territory. Uh-huh. And those of us who serve with him, look, we're like the 101st Airborne, per, uh, you know, parachuting into Normandy. Okay. I mean, it's, it's like that line, you know, if you go into the Battle of Bulge, you know, if you go into that town, you'll be surrounded. And what do they say? Guys, we're paratroopers. We're always surrounded. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 who kingdom builders are. We we're like the the 101st Airborne parachuting into her- enemy held territory. You know, this is not going to be easy. Yeah. Okay, and so this is the darkness, and so the king has parachuted in with his troops in the darkness. God is with us. And now the slugfest really begins. Yeah. And so it's good news because we're not alone. And I think that's worth celebrating every single year. I mean, that's one of the great things about the Bible is that God is constantly saying to us, remember. Okay, did you remember? Keep remembering. Don't forget to remember. Um, that's I mean, what, yeah. as a classical educator, I love that. I'm constantly talking about teach your kids to memorize. It is such an important life skill. And if you're a Christian, God's telling you to do it all the time. This is one of the things that really hit me the last time I read Judges. At the beginning of Judges, three times it says, be strong and of good courage. And at the end, three times it says, remember, remember, remember. And I think we need to be strong and of good courage when we go into the slugfest. And then when we're through it, or when we're through a part of it, or we've gotten through a battle, 
we need to go, oh, look at the good things God has done. Oh, oh my gosh. Do you remember all the good things God did? (laughs) Were you there when God did that good thing? We have to keep reminding ourselves and reminding each other we're part of a really good thing. Well, right. And and remembering as as in, in all of the major biblical feasts, it's about remembrance. You know, yeah. remember this, remember, remember, remember. Because one of the things that is really important to raising a child is helping them to remember who, remember who you are. Remember who you are, which means you have to instill in them, well, who are you? Okay, who are you? And and I think that's something that we particularly as Gentile Christians often miss is we do have to teach our children intentionally who they are and then help them remember, remember who you are. Because one of the things that's going to happen is when you get your clock clean, when you get punched in the head, you know, there's a couple minutes where your head's spinning and, and you forget everything and you don't remember who you are from Adam. You know, that's when in, in Ephesians 6, where it talks about the whole armor of God, one of the things that's going to be significant about the helmet is that it has a insignia on the helmet. You know, same on the breastplate of righteousness and, and, and on the shield, they're going to be insignias on this shield, the, the shield of of faith, you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, all of those also have with it signs of identity. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Yeah. Okay. You know, I, who's, whose troops am I with? Not just who are you, but who do you serve? And I think that's really important, particularly right now, um, where it, it just feels like one of the things we're really battling as Christians right now is, is an identity crisis that we serve God because we're loved, but we serve a holy God and, and his holiness is not optional. He doesn't, he doesn't just say, come as you are and stay as messy and simple as you are. He says, come as you are and clean up. And I think we've kind of lost sight of some of that. And it's really easy to confuse God's holiness with his love Um and in that, we lose sight of his identity. And because we've lost sight of his identity, we can't be truly who we are at that point. Well, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, the, 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 the growth of holiness and growing into that identity is critical in remembering who we are and what we do. And, and what's crucial, and, you know, whatever I like to say to people, look, if somebody says something, the gospel, that's bad news, it's probably not the gospel. Okay, it is good news. What's the good news? Okay, the king has parachuted in among the troop and he's fighting with us. He's with us. We're doing and what are we fighting together? We are fighting together to bring about the kingdom of God. God is bringing the kingdom of God and we get to play. We get to join with him in that that process. Okay, well, why is that critically important? Well, have you ever heard, you know, something that goes along? We'll just pick out random. Why does God allow such awful things to happen? Mm-hmm. People have ever asked that question? Right. Yeah. And the answer, the answer to that is, well, it's because it's not the kingdom yet. Well, why doesn't he bring about the kingdom? That's what this whole thing is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible is. It's the story of how God is bringing about the kingdom. And it finds in that story, it's like those signs in the, the, the uh, mall that says, you are here. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where, this is where it's been. And this is where it's heading, and you are here, okay? <clears throat> and and so this is sort of our 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 operation, our operational map, and and so what we have going on is God is bringing about the kingdom of God on planet Earth, and we get to participate in that process, 
And it's wonderful. It's good news. It's also a war. Mm. Okay. And so Christmas is a time when we really remember that time when the king parachuted in among the troops and said, yeah, here he is. Mm. And he says, yep, here I am. Okay. You know, let's, let's go after this. Okay. And, and so that is a time of remembering that. It also is, is, it looks ahead to the future because as it says in the book of Hebrews, we belong to a city. A, well, what kind of a city? A city of light. Who is this for the light? Well, what kind of city is a city of light? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we have all around us every Christmas? Yeah. At least in our house. Yeah. Lights. Okay. <clears throat> lights. Exactly. That's that, that's that symbol of that light that we're heading to. Okay. Where are we now? It's dark. Well, what is this time of year? Winter solstice. It's dark. Okay. You look at a globe. Where is most of the population? Northern hemisphere. What's the darkest time of the Northern hemisphere? December 22. Right. Okay. Dark. Okay. And so then the light begins to occur. It's, uh, it's turn, things are turning around. So what happens when Jesus parachutes in among the tr- troops? Hey, things are turning around. The light has come. Okay. This thing is going to get one. All right. But we still have a struggle ahead of us. And so we have that time of darkness. The light has come into the darkness. The the darkness just doesn't get it. And we walk into the light as he is in the light. And that's good news. What are some, what are some really basic, um, I, I think, I think it's important to realize that if you're really following Christ and you're in the thick of the battle, you might have some battle fatigue. You, you might just get tired of getting beat on. Um, it's, it's a real thing <laughs> where you just experience this exhaustion, um, where it feels like you just can't keep going, like things are too hard. And we've seen people give up the fight and, and quit the battle. And I just want to encourage people that, you know, don't go it alone. You weren't meant to fight alone. You're meant to fight um, with some battle buddies. And if you're finding yourself really battle weary, um, you need to take a pause. So what would what would be some really practical ways you would encourage people to just really um, equip themselves for, for the battle that we're in. Well, you're, you're, first of all, you're right. Self-aid and buddy care. Okay. So, you know, when you're in war, um, what the enemy wants to do, remember, um, if you're an enemy trying to attack, you don't want to kill lots of the other troops, generally speaking, you, you'd really rather not, what you'd rather do is wound them. Okay. Why? Because a wounded soldier requires the attentions of other soldiers. Okay. And wounded soldiers yeah. are discouraging. Let's be honest. Right, precisely. I mean, it's so yeah, discouraging right. and disheartening when you're wounded yeah. or when somebody is wounded. I mean, the ongoing care and the, the grief and the loss and all the stuff without finalization is very disheartening. <laughs> it's very draining. You know, it absolutely is. So self-aid and buddy care becomes a, 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 a spiritual discipline and a requirement, you know, for being part of this is be aware of yourself. You know, are you carrying too much in your in your luggage? Get rid of some some extra weight. 
you know, you need some equipment, get yourself equipped. What kinds of things do you learn? What times, what kinds of things do you need to know? You know, learning some communication skills, learning on some relaxation skills, learning on some Christian meditation, meditating on the word and, and the truths of God, you know, learning how to, to study the scripture, learning how to love one another well, you know, learn, learn how to maintain effective boundaries with one another, make sure you're not taking on what's not yours and make sure that you are taking what is yours. A lot of these skills need to be part of our tools and our kit, but not taking on, you know, too much. Okay. When you get wounded. All right. Are you doing those things that it, that, that are necessary to take care of your wounds? Are you letting it fester and turn gangrene? Are you letting yourself get trench foot? Okay. Or are you, you know, taking care of your equipment, taking care of yourself, practicing, you know, that doesn't mean you're always going to be able to be all about self-care and that's it. You know, the soldier that's out there just kind of worrying about their personal safety and health and that's it. Yeah, that's not a soldier. Okay. You know, that's a civilian out there on vacation. Okay. That's not a soldier, but a soldier does take care of themselves. You know, at one point, you know, in, in when I was going through a real hard time in my training, one of the things I just put on my computer was eat, breathe, work, pray, repeat. That's pretty basic. Yep. Okay. Breathe, eat. Okay. I would work hard, hard. I might forget to eat, right? And so how, how, how easy was I to live with when I forgot to eat? Right. About as easy as everything yeah. else. Not easy. <laughs> yes. Right. You forget to eat. You forget to breathe, breathe, take breaths, kind of breathe, breathe. Okay. <clears throat> work, do your work, sleep, pray, just do the basics. Uh-huh. Okay. Or rest, pray. And then just do that over and over again. You know, it's it's when you're out in the field, you just attend to the basics time and time and time again. And and so, you know, attend to the basics. You know, are you spending a lot of time with the Lord? Are you spending a little time in the Word? Are you taking care of your 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 uh, nutrition? Are you getting a little exercise? Okay. Are you making sure you got those rest times with Jesus and rest times with your loved ones? Are you tending to those intimate uh, relationships? Are you spending time? communicating and talking to one another, okay? Um, take care of one another. You know, notice the people next to you. Notice the people serving. Hey, you're looking a little tired. You had something to eat. You know, hey, let me help you cinch up your backpack. Can I, we need to kind of watch each other's backs here, okay? So we, we care for one another. You know, what do we do when we got people who, yeah, they're, they're beyond what I can do and help. Then it's like, okay, someone else is going to need to help them. Hey, medic. You know, come on and get there. Hey, Captain, you know, hey, Sergeant, um, that's, you know, private so-and-so needs some help, okay? So you make use of the resources God gives you to to take care of situations that you can't, and then you don't take ownership for it. You know, oh, well, all this other people had this happen to them. Yeah, that's sad. We grieve, take a breath now, and back at it. So we care for the folks that we can but your neighbor isn't everybody on the battlefield. Your neighbor are the people right next to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's your neighbor. Not everybody else out there, just the people around you and, and you take care of them and you move on. So you, you be, uh, you're aware of your limits. You're aware of what you, you own. You remember that God is the one who's the commander and he's doing all of this. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to be ugly. That doesn't mean it's not going to be, there are going to be times of, of, of triumph and victory and celebration and rest. Okay. You get to, you know, sit by and have some R&R. We'll take it. 
take your R and R. Okay. If you have a victory, celebrate that slap each other on the back, you know, cheer. That's great. Okay. Those are wonderful things. So celebrate the things that are celebratable, you know, look at the things that are beautiful, enjoy the things that are beautiful and good and just and right. Okay. And don't get all focused, focused just on all the negative, focused on all the positive things out there. I'm looking out there at blue sky. I mean, how many times in my prayers do I say, thank God for blue sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like blue sky. Okay. I celebrate blue sky. And, and so those things where you celebrate the good things and, you know, um, when it comes to the season, don't put in so many things that you, that you miss the trees for the forest. Okay. It's do those things that celebrate the season. Make sure that the things that you're doing during this time is indeed celebrating the light and not just filling, fulfilling 20 other obligations that really in your heart of hearts, you don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's not celebrating the light coming in the darkness, then why are you doing this? Okay. If it's helping love someone, okay, great. But is it succeeding in doing that? Okay. Are you having to knock out all these presents because you have this obligation to, or is there some reason why you're doing this? Okay. You know, it's, well, I'm trying to make sure everybody has this special time. You know what? The special time comes by attending to basics. Remember baby Jesus. Remember light into the darkness. Sing silent night. Doing the advent going to a service, walking out and looking at lights, just doing the simple kinds of things and walking through the season in a measured way, celebrating light into the darkness. It's dark. Notice what time the sun is going down, particularly in the northern states, right? Okay. Yeah, it's dark. And that sets us up for the light. So remember the light and remember that he, that he is the light. We are in the light and that we're bearing witness to the light. And when we have darkness in our lives, then what do I need to do to to say, okay, Jesus, here's this darkness. I want to invite you into this darkness. Okay? Oh, I want to hide my darkness from Jesus. No, 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 no. When you have the darkness in your life, that is the very thing you invite Jesus into. That's the point. You don't hide the darkness from Jesus. You present the darkness to Jesus. Yeah, but I'm sinning. Yeah, well, you think? Okay, invite Jesus into that darkness. Yeah, but he's so holy. Right, and how do you think you're going to get from here to the holiness he has for you? Okay, you invite him into the darkness, and you present yourself naked and bloody and muddy and messed up before him. And he comes in and he washes your feet and he bandages you up and he says, hey, David, um, okay, now about this bad habit of yours, let's try changing, working on this right here. <laughs> so he does some PT with me, okay? <clears throat> and, and so there's that ministry of Jesus, the incarnate one, that light coming into my darkness and I invite him into that. I don't try to stuff it. I don't try to hide it. I invite him into that. And then I see those good things that he has for me in the midst of all of that, because that's what he does. He has something redemptive. He, that's the promise we have. Okay. God works all things uh, together for good for those who love him and are called to his purpose. So work on that love, work on that calling, and, and then say, okay, 
what's what's he have for me in the midst of this and what do i need to give back to him and what do i need to receive from him in the midst of this and i grow and i see what happens and then you celebrate the light in the darkness that's called christmas and now you can celebrate that light with other people so really it it really is a big time of remembering that um we're called to something bigger than ourselves it's really god reminding us to take the long view that we're not here alone, that he didn't abandon us to the hardships of this world, but he's right there with us in the middle of it all. And um, that's something really to celebrate. Absolutely. It's the gospel. Well, thanks for joining me today. I know you've got to go. And um, it's been great to get your perspective on the meaning of Christmas. And I appreciate your being here. It's fun. I always love talking about Christmas. I think that it's just you know, it's, it, it is a important season for a good reason. And so thank you for having me. Thanks, David. We're so honored that you're listening and that you share this podcast, Life Skills 101, with your friends and family. Every time you share the show and post about it, it really makes our day. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe so that you get alerted to each and every show. Leave a review for this podcast, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age, We're so honored that you're listening. Until next time, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. We'll talk to you soon.